Hello, Podicumans. Brett Maddox here. Today we dive right back into the Faith Once Delivered document that was produced out of the John Wesley Institute. You can check out our show notes for links to the John Wesley Institute and to this document, which is available for free download. Remember that you can connect with us on social media at Podicesis, or you can email us questions at podicesis.com, or you can contact us through our voicemail, 404-635-6679. And please do contact us. We, we really love being able, being able to interact with um, the people who listen to this show. So please contact us and let us know that you listen and let us know if you have any questions or comments. Now, let's start this episode of the Podicesis podcast, and we're going to start our discussion on the image created and the image marred. We hope you enjoy. Hello, Podicumans, and welcome to the Podicesis podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by your very best friends, Alan Kaysen and Evil Jim Morrow. How are you guys doing? (laughs) Wow. Well, let me just be the first to get out there and name the elephant in the room. I'm in a mood. <laughs> yes, he is. Why? So, I have no idea. Yeah. Just, there's like some carbs. Ta- some days, you know, it's just like that. It's just like that. Hey, yeah, Because exactly. I'm war slap out, and it's the yes. morning. I yes. hear you, man. I hear you. So we have a rule on the Podakesis podcast. We're not allowed to hit record until we're ready to go. So there's all kinds of pregame stuff that we're going through <laughs> that doesn't need to be out in the if, open however if you want to subscribe to our yet developed <laughs> patreon at the ten thousand dollar a year level, level yes, i will yes. release it to you well, yes <laughs> we do have wait yes we do have all i need is all i need is 15 of those and we'll launch yeah <laughs> But I need cashier's check in hand before yes, we do. Yes. yes, yes. This is all. I have a question. Yes. I have a question. Please, please. Is revival theologically sound? Yes. Yes. All right. So tell me what's going on, guys. So at Asbury. So as, yeah, go ahead, Brett. Yeah, at Asbury University, not the seminary, but the university, uh, there is what looks to be um, a, a revival breaking out um, since about. 10 a.m., I think, is their chapel service time, 11, 10, something like that. Yesterday, in the morning, um, in the, morning they're, uh, the Wait, students just... and faculty and people from the seminary across the street um, and people from out of town, I mean, have just yeah. been flocking to Hughes Auditorium there in, um, in Wilmore at the university, and um, there's the Spirit is moving. Um, and, you know, I, I, you, you asked that question about is revival uh, theologically sound? Absolutely. Revival is one of those things. uh, Acts, yes. (laughs) Um, Revival is one of those things. I had some church members ask me about it last night, you know, how how I define revival. And my definition is it's a limited movement of the Holy Spirit to bring confession, repentance, and salvation to a particular group. It can happen in families. It can happen in churches. It can happen in groups. It can happen at places like Asbury. It has happened before at Asbury in 1970. Um, but it, it, you know, I've been part of them. I've, I've gone to, um, the Brownsville revival in the, uh, in 2000 for that revival. There's been the Toronto blessing. There's been things in Ireland. There's, it just seems like there's, it's just these localized movements of the Holy Spirit that will then revive the church. It revives the body of Christ. It brings healing and, uh, repentance of sin, and and then you have a, a focus for the lost, and so mission movements will come out of that too. Yeah. So, um, absolutely, 
yeah, the, the 1971 the went global. It um, did. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it's interesting because, um, you know, we, we've been a part of the New Room Conference, which has been all about praying for awakening, and yeah. which New Room is a part of Seedbed, which is a part of Asbury. Yeah. And so I just think it's interesting, um, not a coincidence that yeah. uh, something like this is yeah, happening I, right I now. I would like to, and John Tyson uh, is at Church of the City of New York, and he has done um, he's done a lot of uh, sociological and historical research in um, revival experiences through history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be really curious how many of them have an Arminian or Wesleyan mm. um, background. Mm. Yeah, so like the the we're going to have a three night revival is different than when the Holy right. Spirit comes and inf- the presence of God enfolds people with the love of God, which draws them. Too, like right. Brett described in confession and repentance and overwhelming yeah. experience of love, quenched right. hungers and thirst for righteousness, <clears throat> et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, and it's not it's not like uh, I, I think some, there's there's some discomfort with revival because I think there's discomfort whenever God does something because we yeah. can't control it shakes that. us You're right. Um, there's something that I can see the the some disquiet and people who say, "Oh, it's transactional. What you want is you want that feeling, so you hold revivals to get that feeling." But when God actually moves like this, mm-hmm. um, now I don't have I don't have uh, I haven't talked to anybody personally, but I read an account um, of I believe it was a parent of a student who talked about the air being thick and yeah. um, uh, just continued yearning for prayer and a sense of the presence of of something other and divine. Um, that just doesn't happen every day. Right. Right. Well, apparently, apparently, you know, this is, this is a normal chapel service, Yeah. but it began with confession and repentance. The, the, there was a testimony of confession and repentance and it just, it, which is typically how revival begins. happens. I saw, I saw yourself uh, up to what God is doing. And so, and then it just took on from there. I saw a friend on Twitter. I I think I'm going to quit Twitter now. Um, (laughs) I've said it for years. One, one, um, they're starting to do like 10 million characters are allowed on Twitter, yeah, so that's right. bad. Um, yeah. The other is it just makes me <clears> – <throat> I'm judging people on their hot takes too much when they're just they're just thumbing away something on Twitter real quick. Right. Um, somebody who may be a distant colleague, I'm not sure, was like, oh, will somebody point me to that prayer of repentance? I want to use it and have revival this Sunday. Uh, and no, I was like, not, oh, come no. on now. Come on now. Yeah. So – yeah. Just stay hungry, people, and yeah, follow, right? follow faithfully, seeking a life of Christian virtue day by day. God will do what God will. There's always power in the Spirit. You are alive Amen. because yeah, of the yeah. power of the Spirit. Right. right. Um, but we, we don't manufacture where the wind blows. That's the thing the wind, about revival. Well, there's, some, there's a scripture. Somebody I know said something yeah, like I know. that. Exactly, exactly. The wind blows where it wills. Will. Yes. Right. Um, and I, and here's the, here's the thing too. I want to, I don't know if this matters. I'm feeling froggy. And so I'm talking, um, people, yes. we don't have to have what they have in that chapel to yeah. praise God. Absolutely. Right? You know, I don't have to have what those individual people had that same experience or the same, fe- I might yearn for it and praise God that it would whet my appetite to hunger and thirst after righteousness because yes. Jesus said, if I do that, I will be filled. Yes. Um, well, but I don't have to have what they have. Well, yeah. like, you know, so that's, this is a great point. I was telling Kristen last night, um, uh, last night was one of those days where, uh, it's been sickness in my house and we're just tired and everything. And, um, w- one of those days where I was like, um, Lord, 
this is why you called me in the ministry because otherwise I wouldn't be in church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. the only yeah. reason I'm in church tonight is because it's my job. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. just like just being super honest, you know, Yeah, for real. And, um, but when I got here and I, and I, I started, I, I read the, somebody, I read it somewhere about the, the revival happening and it stirred something in me. You know, I was like, yeah. um, like, um, wow, this is awesome. And and this is something that, that a lot of us have been praying for, for a long time or something yeah. like it, you know? And, and so it rejuvenated me. <clears throat> um, and then as you know, I'm just going to transition us into our, uh, into the, to the TFOD right here. Yeah, fine. I'll truncate I, the rest I, of my comments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Evil Jim, uh, uh, <laughs> the same spirit that hovered over creation. Yeah. Yeah. It lives okay. in us. And is with us, right? right. And is wherever we go and whatever we do and is with us. And so, yes, um, like I have friends who are closer to to Wilmore right now. They're thinking about getting, they may be in the church mess right now, headed to to the chapel just to experience what's going on. But even if you can't be there, the spirits, the spirits with us right now um, and moving in us all the time. We just got to be open to it. And I would say right now, what I want to do is I'm going to say, thank you, God, um, for ministering so deeply to the individuals there and bearing witness to the rest of us that your power is alive and at work and that you are for us and with us. And I thank you, God, for moving in a way that has borne witness to Jesus. Amen. Amen. And, and just real quick, to redeem social media real quick, we wouldn't even know what it was happening Sure. If yes. it was ha- if it wasn't because of Facebook and, and Twitter right, right. now. Yeah. So um, just to be fair, I got it off Facebook, not Twitter. So I'm still going to quit Twitter. <laughs> there you go. That's fine. <laughs> you can you can still quit Twitter. Okay. But like, it, I mean, we're aware of it because yes. of of the the connectivity that we have because of social media. Um, right. So just to redeem quality there, you know. Uh, yes. So. Fine. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And so, do we have actual um, other content today? We do. I think so. so hey, you know, we, we just, are. Uh, we just made room for the Holy Spirit. That's all. We Aww. we are starting section two of the TFOD, the Faith Once Delivered. I've been waiting and waiting. Yes. <laughs> um, and so uh, we're going to be talking about creation for a little while. We're going to be talking about, um, and this is where we really get into the image, right? So, um, the image created. So we've got God in create creating in uh, creating humankind everything everything and then in that being humankind and putting his in image his image in his and image and then again and then up. the marring of that image to where we get sin and um, what sin is and and what that's all about. So I think it would be appropriate if we heard some introductory remarks from the uh, the 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 director of the John Wesley Institute, uh, who published the TFOD. Um, if we heard some introductory remarks from Ryan Danker, Dr. Ryan Danker. And so um, thinking that this is going to work, Jim and Alan, if y'all don't hear this, if you'll let me know, and we'll just go in real time here, guys. Ah, <laughs> fully well, yes, yes. Oh, yes, chat, yes. Take it away. All right, here we go. Tell us why a, a, a right perspective a Wesleyan perspective, however you want to put this, of creation and fall matters for us today. Yeah, so it, one of the earliest heresies of the church was came out of Gnosticism or Gnosticisms, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it was not an organized entity, but it was essentially the idea, a, a part of it was the idea that matter, you know, matter mm-hmm. is bad. In and of itself, and and the Christian faith has always said otherwise. Um, creation is good; it reflects the intention of the Creator. 
um, and it's in its design, in its tangibility, in, in all of it. Now, it, and, and so we have that. Created matter is good. God is not opposed to the tangible. In fact, if you look at, at the redemption of the world in Christ, God is rather enamored with the tangible. Mm. Um, and so that's really important to start out. What is creation? Why does creation itself matter? The other thing, though, is we got creation and fall, right? We hold those together in that section because, yes, creation is good. God says it in Genesis, right? He saw that this is very good. Um, that's one of the repetitive refrains of Genesis 1. Um, but the fall, we need to understand just how bad it actually was. And so, I mean, I, you know, I had some students who were like, oh, I, first day of class, I don't believe in original sin. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I would always say, okay, well, then you can't be a Methodist. Um, right. Uh, and in fact, John Wesley said, if you don't believe in original sin, you can't be a Christian. But I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know you're, when, you, when you're, yeah, don't, don't shut your opponent out. Just kind of <laughs> gently lead them. Yeah. Gently lead them. Anyway, original sin and understanding the corrupted nature, right? We do believe in total depravity. Wesleyans believe in it. Mm -hmm. um, we believe in that because we actually believe also in the glorious redemption of the world. Amen. Yeah. We understand and acknowledge the, the corruption by sin, being separated from God and God's intention. For humanity and for the creation. I mean, look at look at Wesley's um, brilliant sermon, "The General Deliverance." Right, talks about the ways in which the uh, the fall corrupted so much of the creation. It's actually one of his most creative um, and speculative sermons. Mm. But we believe in the fall and then the repercussions of sin because we believe even more in God's. What happened is that uh, Dr. Danker was mid-sentence and he got on a flight to Buckingham Palace. That's exactly what <laughs> That's right. But he, yeah. it was at the, we were at the very end of his of lemon the, the curd statement. and biscuits came in. <laughs> um, but he he I mean he's right on. I mean uh, right at the heart of Wesleyan theology is the idea of uh, original sin, and honestly, it's at the heart of of classic Christian teaching is this yeah, idea absolutely. of original sin. I think, now, I think Wesley's, Wesley's right. I, you know, it's, I think it's hard for us to uh, say it that harshly, but it is. Yeah. Uh, um, well, it's, it's at the heart of the, at the heart of it is the goodness of creation and the goodness of God. Um, <clears throat> and then you have to understand the state of humanity afterwards. Um, right. I'm, I'm finding myself having lots and lots and lots of trouble these days uh, with people just deciding what no longer matters yeah. um, because mm -hmm. it's not it's not great. Like original sin, yeah, it, it can really offend people. And you know what? Mm -hmm. It probably it should. should. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'm really sorry. But you know who's even sorrier than I am about original uh -huh. sin? God. God, Who yeah, came right. and did something about it. Yeah. Right. Um, so what kind of redemption do you have if you're mm -hmm. redeemed from nothing? Right. Exactly. You don't. Right. Is, you know, I mean, I mean there's it... no need, what's the need for Christ if there's no, right. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, this is, yeah. the, the it's kind of silly. Roman uh, Catholics and others go all the way down to uh, the fortunate fall. Yeah. Um, that without the mm. fall, we would not have Christ. Now, wow. yeah. I, I don't know the nuances of that theology, right. but yeah. I mean, look, it's kind of like the, I wish this never happened, but um, I'm it glad. <laughs> I'm glad for how it turned out. I, that's like yeah. the fortunate fall situation. But to begin with, 
in this section, uh, we're talking first about the images given to us. Yes, the goodness and it's is, good. We yeah. are created, and it is good and ordered, and we are given the image of God. And well, it's from th- that perspective that it all goes. Well, I think we to understand the significance of the fall, you have to understand how good it started, mm-hmm. <laughs> like how how good everything began. Um, and so I think that's important. We have to we have to start there. So let uh, first of all, we need before as we get into this discussion on on creation and look at this first paragraph that kind of opens us up from the TFOD, uh, We need to. It, it'd be good to re- remember that the universal church itself, the Church of Jesus Christ, has always taught, has always believed that until like one, yesterday. Until yesterday, yes. Until Twitter said it was not a thing. Yes. Right. Um, uh, but has always believed that the one true God made all things. That the one true God, that, that's always been a, a core tenet of Christian teaching, that the one true God made all things. Um, and that's different from some other the other world religions that are out there. I think of um, in Hinduism, one of their teachings is that um, all things were created out of God, out of Brahma, out of, um, and so everything is divine because of that. Um, that's that's not Christian teaching. That's not Christian teaching. Um, so there's other worldviews, religious worldviews that look at creation differently, and those are important distinctions. Those are important ways of, of understanding our differences. Yeah, um, and always yeah, go a good point to just remember that not every time people don't always think about God, God when they are making God. So, um, you know, you create it out of yourself as a right. self made person. You're probably not thinking religious. Think you don't think you're thinking religiously, but you're thinking religiously. Yeah. Um, you know the the market swings and everything like that. Um, you don't think you're thinking religiously, but when we're made, when we rise and fall on economics, you're thinking religiously. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it, remind, yeah. it reminds me back to the ancient Near East because we're going to be talking here just a second about Genesis for a few minutes. Um, in the ancient Near East, there were a, a handful of creation stories out of other religions that because the the gods had conflict, and and that the world was born from mm-hmm. chaos, not ordered out of the chaos. So the yes. world itself is chaotic and mm-hmm. violent because it was mm-hmm. born from chaos and violence. Right. That's a good word. Yeah. And so even when you're when you're reading the creation stories in Genesis 1 and 2, um, you're reading something that was drastically different than mm. what the contemporaries of those recorders and, and authors were saying, right. um, that, oh, y'all, y'all's yeah. God's crazy. Look, our God puts things in order. Yes, right. yes, exactly. In fact, that was that's the ancient Hebrew, right? Y'all's God is crazy. Essentially, yeah, <laughs> y'all's God is crazy. I think that's the Hifil tense. Okay, yeah. the there's an ex, okay, there's, a, there's a there's a Sonic Yod in there. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, bef- me, one one more thought I want before we get into that first paragraph of this is um, the the ain't the the older catechisms look at creation in a wider scope of the works of God himself. So creation, in fact, um, in, the, in Luther's smaller catechism and in, in the, um, uh, the, um, the shorter catechism uh, that we did in our first season, uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, it talks about three works of God 
uh, being um, creation, redemption, and sanctification. Mm-hmm. And so all of this, it's not, it's, this is all part of what God does, his works. Um, and so that's an important piece to this. I think we need to keep in mind as we, as we go forward. So Alan, our yeah. reader, our right. Mr. Audible, Mr. Who, Audible. Who, is, who has not bought any ad time yet. No, um, no. Why don't you take it away, brother? Sure. So we just, um, after spending a year on the Trinity, um, we're going to, um, uh, this first paragraph of creation ties that in together. So um, uh, it says, uh, 56, uh, creation is the work of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father worked through the Son and the Spirit. Creation began with the divine declaration, let there be light. In an eternal movement, uh, the Father spoke forth all things through His Word, who was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him, not one thing came into being. This Word, the Son, is the divine image who served as the architect and serves now as the aim of creation. The Spirit hovers hovers over creation to complete the work of the Father and the Son. Hey, real quick, do you know what else hovers over creation? What? Chinese spy balloons. <laughs> wow, we more. just dated this podcast. No yeah, we did. <laughs> and F-22s that take them down. <laughs> After it's been over the entire country. The country, that's right. <laughs> okay. But it's safely... Okay, all right, all right. okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Okay, uh, okay Alan, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so that's funny. The our trinitarian uh, trinitarian theology is at the basis of creationism, right? Yep, is that the basis? Absolutely. Now let me. I need to back up a little bit. And when I say that word creationism, I'm sure we've got some folks out there mm-hmm. whose uh, hairs on the back of their head stand up. And I, when I talk about creationism, I'm not talking about creationism in some fundamentalist type of way. I'm talking about it in a more ancient teaching, ancient Christian belief type of way that God created mm-hmm. all things. Again, the universal church has always believed that the triune God created all things. And so that's what I'm talking about, is that creation is a thing that God created, and that's what I mean by creationism that I think is important to to Well, nuance. yeah, so um, going back to the Trinity, so... Um We've got God, right? Obviously, um, speaking um, the Word, Jesus, um, right. and uh, throughout the creation account in Genesis one, God is just speaking into existence, which clearly says Jesus was there at the beginning, and He's in Him and through Him all things were created. Created, right. and then of course the Spirit is hovering over the uh, over um, over creation. So I mean, it's. Seriously, it goes back to something we've said earlier. When you start looking for the Trinity, it's everywhere in Scripture, yeah. um, and it's at the beginning of of, of Scripture uh, as well. Yeah. Right. So. Hey, everyone, we're going to return to the show in just a moment. We just wanted to take this second and tell you about some of our favorite people. As you know, the Podakesis podcast is a proud member of the Spirit and Truth Podcast Network. Spirit and Truth is a movement of Wesleyan-minded Christians seeking to awaken and equip the 21st century church through the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We long to see a new movement of Christians who are empowered by the Spirit, rooted in truth, and mobilized for the mission. For more information and resources, you can visit www.spiritandtruth.life. 
We also want to let you know about the Spirit and Truth Conference happening March 9th through the 11th. Um, and this is this is happening really soon, so you'll want to go ahead and register if you haven't already. The conference is in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, we, we're going to be there, and we would love to see you. Um, go and register, and if you put podcast in the discount box, podcast in the discount box, you will get a discount on your registration. Uh, We look forward to seeing you. We want to hang out with you, get to know some of our listeners if you're at the Spirit and Truth Conference. Well, there's enough of that. Now I want to bring you back to our conversation um, from the TFOD, the Faith Once Delivered, about the image created and marred. I love what um, Thomas Oden says in his uh, systematics when he says that he says uh, the story of creation the two stories of creation be it the uh, that poetic prologue um, in Genesis one or the narrative in Genesis two um, really is um, it's a drama about relationship is how he puts it and uh, he he's quick to say that uh, the Bible does not rule out scientific cosmologies and other ways of understanding the primitive history of the world, the natural emergence of the cosmic, geological, vegetative, animal spheres can remain a matter of scientific investigation. Again, again, this idea that science and faith don't have to butt heads together. So when we talk about creation, yes, we are talking about matters of faith, but within that, it doesn't rule out matters of science. Um, and no. um, Yeah, no, absolutely. Ab- absol- absolutely not. And um, Francis Collins, who at one time was the director of the National Institutes of Health, of Health, um, he wrote a book called The Language of God. Um, he's a believer. He wrote this book called The Language of God of how science is really kind of this language of God and how God and how God is uh, how science reveals God's handiwork um, and uh, you know properly understood. So I I, I think I, I've never had an issue with pitting science and religion against like i i I think they work hand in hand is what i'm trying to say and and they were hand in hand for a long time early on yeah exactly and if you understand what science is you understand what religion is they 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 really there's no there's no conflict unless you want there to be one right Uh, did you you know you can pick a fight with anybody did did you know that at one time in the kind of medieval world science i was uh, there yeah well well, um, I, I, yeah, <laughs> uh, that theology was called the queen of the sciences. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean, I so you know, I I, I take a pretty sim- simplistic view of things most of the time, and so uh, the, the the whole creation account is not about how many days and how many and how, even though we can glean and and we will glean from how God. Um, made creation, right? The in the important thing to pick up from the creation account is that God created. Boom. Yeah. Like, yeah. like. Exactly. Um, now, we can we can talk to the sciences, and the sciences can talk to theology about how God created. Right. Um, but the important thing, and what was trying to be communicated in the creation account, is that God created, and as Jim said earlier, that He did it in an orderly fashion. Right. Um, instead of uh, out of chaos, he created order instead of vice versa. Um, and so, uh, uh, you know, that's the, that's the, what I, well, that's the part that I focus on. Um, and I can, I can let others talk about 
uh, years and ages and st- stuff like that. But the, the, the important thing is that God created. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and it is not threatening at all for discoveries and, you know, kind of prevailing theories based on evidence um, to be, to exist about the things that are on this earth and how they may have came to be. It just, it's not threatening. Right. Um, I mean, it is for some people, but it just doesn't have to be. Because no, even, if, right. even if you read, you know, so a theory of evolution is the whole deal. And it's like, well, you know, the natural selection is observable. Mm-hmm. The theory that, you know, everything came without a creator, I mean, is is, is theory that's outside of, of things. And it doesn't have to threaten anything. In right. fact, in fact, I mean, this is this is horrible. You're going to kick me off the podcast. But if you read carefully in Genesis 1, when God wants to create things, he calls on the earth to make them. Yeah. So, for example, when people are dust and they're breathe, the spirit is breathed into them, or when the the animals come and the plants come, the earth springs them forth. I mean, there's so much compatibility in terms of how we understand things. But the point mm-hmm. is, like Alan said, back in the beginning, it's created. Yes. And 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 honestly, another thing to think about is even the structure of the book of Genesis. I may have mentioned this before. Genesis is divided into many segments that begin with "these are the generations of so and so." Well, mm-hmm. it begins with these are the generations of the earth, and then the generations of this right. family, then the generations of Noah and Abraham, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And so it's really, um, it's the story of God's people. Yeah. It just begins with creation, thank God, because it gives us some some insight into who God is. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't see the difficulty. Um, I don't yeah. carry the same tension. And yeah. I wonder, man, I shouldn't judge. If you're carrying the tension in it, then... Then maybe there's some some room well, to kind of settle. I'm on. just gonna let other people. I mean, if they if they if that's what that that's that we we have our things, you know. I'm just gonna let other people if that's yeah. if they want to f- try to figure out other things scientifically and and nuance and right, then that's fine. But that's fine. Um, yeah. my uh, that's not my thing. <laughs> so um, I did there a science is project in the fourth grade, and I was exactly. Done. I'm done. That was, that was I'm done. That was I did it. I'm you know. Um, Oh. There, there is something very beautiful about the Genesis one, Genesis two stories, though. Like for me, um, scholars have long debated, like Genesis one, what is it? Um, and so, a lot of scholars believe that Genesis one is actually a younger account than Genesis two. That the language, the type of Hebrew that's used, the, the name for God, all of this. The narrative format of Genesis 2 versus the more poetic format of Genesis 1. And um, I have read uh, several Old Testament scholars who actually look at Genesis 1 maybe as a, a prologue that was put to the Torah for itself, to the Torah itself, to introduce to the Torah. And not only is it a poetic prologue that introduces us to the Torah, but it may have actually been a worship song. A song of some sorts, because it's got these qualities of of a song to it. It's repetitive. It's got almost like a a verse structure to it. And, I think you're wrong. Uh, I think it was a beat poem. A beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And all all the Hebrews were snapping, snapping their fingers. <laughs> They were at a coffee shop listening to spoken word poetry. Oh, anyway, so, all right, we um, got three more paragraphs, gentlemen. I know, well, we've got other but, episodes, just like last season. This season can take 42 years. That's fine. But what what I was getting at with this song thing was C.S. Lewis's book, The Magician's Nephew, which is the, the prequel, if you will, to the um, um, 
Chronicles of Narnia. Chronicles of Narnia. The uh, Aslan, when he's creating Narnia, he does it by singing. Yeah. And that image, whenever mm. you read this, that, you know, if Genesis 1 is a song to be sung of God's creation, it just, it gives me this, uh, it's a beautiful thing to think that perhaps when God said, let there be light, he was singing creation into order. Uh, all right. Challenge. Challenge. Yeah. Accepted. For Potokesis uh, listeners. Oh, okay, good. You can, if you can, if you can translate Genesis 1 into a song right. um record it um and send it to us in some way fashion questions yeah. at podakesis.com uh, uh right is that right yeah, yeah. Uh, questions at podakesis.com yeah okay uh we will send you some podakesis merch um, yes that brett will put together and make yes it, and uh, if you can <laughs> sing it in the original hebrew we will up the ante tons. to two pieces t- so, two pieces oh, don't something. be stingy <laughs> Uh, uh, rewards will be uh, waiting for you. Uh, yes, I just yes. so like I I want to see what happens. Let's see. Yeah, what I want to I want to okay. see what happens. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's go on to that next paragraph. All right. So this is under the heading of an ordered creation. So this is fifty-seven. No matter how much we reduce the universe to its smallest components, we will be hard pressed to find the reason or cause for its existence. The reason or cause for his existence and its continuance must be external to it. And yet, a contingent entity such as the universe cannot have a beginningless beginning. That's beginningless beginning. The universe is not eternal. And if it is not eternal and had a beginning, its beginning was caused. Nothing causes its own beginning. Wesley attributed the order of this universe to a first cause, namely God. He asserted that a mindless, chaotic beginning would not account for the order observed in the universe, mm-hmm. which this just goes back to what we've been saying, that God created created it all, that he took, he did it in, in an orderly fashion, and um, we have a beginning, um, and yeah. because we have a beginning, um, we have a creator. Yes. Um, right. And what's, and, what's, and what's and awesome, what, go, go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say what's awesome is even modern cosmology today points to this idea. There, for a while, it was thought that the universe was eternal, like it didn't have a beginning or an end. But we know today just through observations, through things like the Hubble Space Telescope, the Jim Webb scope, or the Telescope, all this, all this stuff um, out there that there is a – the universe has a border to it. It has, a, it has an end, and they can observe beginning moments scientifically. So it's a – again – that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And and ever expanding. Ever expanding. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Wesley's Wesley's not drawn on his own thinking there. It's not like he's sitting at his desk going, I bet there's, you know, <laughs> um, he's drawing on the church all the way down. And and likely <clears throat> Thomas Aquinas is famous for his five proofs for the existence of God in the beginning yeah. of the Summa Theologiae. Um Theologiae. Uh, I don't know. Ryan, tell me. <laughs> um and there's there's just deep philosophy of religion attached down to those ideas, and they're really core ideas that the order of the universe, there's a first cause, namely God, because a mindless, chaotic beginning would not account for the order observed in the universe. Right, right. Think about the Fibonacci sequence, for example, that Mm -hmm. series of numbers and equations that accounts for the perfect spirals that show up everywhere in nature from Mm -hmm. roses to seashells and onward. Mm Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Whoa. Yeah, I'm right there. You with just you. did like Inception moment. I was like, no, 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 no. 
Think about C- Chris Nolan, the director of Inception. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that couldn't just be random. <laughs> Wait, he's pretty random. Wait, yeah. Chris Nolan is an ex- uh, example for the existence of God. I, okay. He's probably not even the director of that. I just named a name. You just, yes. <laughs> All right. I've, I've actually never Batman seen movies? Inception. He did, yes. There's right. the there's the proof for existence of God. Yeah, oh. I, I have no idea. All right, let's go right, on we, to the next go one. on. We'll go on before we uh, jump the shark. Some heresies. Um, why is there order in the universe? This is paragraph fifty-eight. Uh, rather than disorder, Wesley simply observed: from what we see of heaven and earth, we may infer the eternal power and Godhead of the Great Creator. This is from his notes on the o- Old Testament. God is the author and cause of the universe and the order that we see in it. Wesley's views were consistent with the other attempts to argue for the existence of God. The very existence of heaven and earth enable us to infer the existence of their causes, namely the existence of a good God. Mm. Let me keep going with the last paragraph. Yeah, Uh, go ahead. All right. Creation is good. uh, Paragraph 59. And the creation of human beings is very good. Genesis 131. From the highest to the lowest, goodness is built into every aspect of the creation. The goodness of every living thing testifies to the glory of God by expressing his holiness. And in making creation good, God has given us the gift of his glory and called us to reflect that glory in holy lives. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you guys this, uh, particularly in that last paragraph, uh, 58, I think it kind of alluded to this. Let's say the world... Is the vampire. universe just goes away. The whole universe uh-huh. just uh-huh. goes away. Yeah. What happens to God? God exists because God is not contingent upon his creation. Right, Boom. exactly. That's a that's a classic. Um, in fact, um, I'm, I want to just be quoting from Odin again here, where he says, God minus the world is still God, right? Like God minus the world is still God. If God should turn out to be indistinguishably merged with the world, Christian teaching would become another pantheism, which reduces God to the world, collapses God and the world into one continuous uh, amalgam. Only when God is unmistakably distinguishable from the world, the uncreated from the created, can we have theism and in its Jewish and Christian sense. So God God is not content—the existence of God— the, the who God is is not contingent on his creation, but creation itself is contingent on its creator. Right, because God is pure being, pure act, pure right. uh, in his own existence, um, the very meaning and ground of existence, and all things have existence through God right. uh, in Christ. And so God's God is not contingent upon anything he created, but all things are contingent upon the creator God. Right. So let me ask this. Why, why is creation deemed good? Now this is pre-fall, so I get that. But what what what's the what's the purpose behind God saying and it was good and it was good and it was good? It ate its vegetables. <laughs> Once the vegetables came on the scene. Oh, yes. okay. It is precisely and exactly as God intended when the Father conceived of it. It mm-hmm. is reflecting of yeah. the goodness yeah. is yes. a is a mm. is a top tier word to describe the character and nature of God. So it is exactly as God intended as the Father conceived it. It is perfectly ordered as intended, and it reflects the pure goodness and the very character and nature of God. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I was getting at with this. That, that's, um, it, again, back, if God's not contingent on its creation, but creation is contingent upon its creator, then cre- the creation is going to be a reflection of God's of his creator. Hey, and so you guys, um, yeah. do you guys remember what our purpose is? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Yeah. And uh, we were made in his goodness, in his glory. And so the intent is for us to then reflect his glory and to worship it and to enjoy him forever. And that's, 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 you know, that was the way we're, that was the way it was intended. And that's a theme that follows the biblical witness, even into the fall, after the fall, going into, you know, uh, the teachings of, of, of God in the law, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. You go into, uh, or be holy as God is holy, go into the gospels with Jesus saying at the end of the uh, Sermon on the Mount, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And even Peter picking it up and saying, be holy as your heavenly father is holy. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, this this thread, this theme keeps going throughout the entirety of of the scriptural witness. Yes, and I want to couch all those calls to holiness and perfection in the fact that God called these things good, because while those calls involve behavior, they are not about behavior. Uh They are about being as you are intended to be be. as conceived by the Father. Right. So when we talk about holiness and all we talk about is no more cussing and sleeping yeah. around or whatever, those right. things are those things part of it are probably part of it. But your call is not simply to be perfectly behaved, and that's because you're never going to do it right. on your on your. It's yeah. to be perfectly as you are intended, which is only possible because you are now in the work of Jesus Christ and living in the power of the right. Holy Spirit. You're simply reflecting uh, right. the holiness and the goodness of, of God that you were created in. Right. And, and, the, and the move that you have to make is, is actually an opposite move than you think you have to make. You don't have to strive and press forward. You have to yield. Mm. So it's not more, it's less. It's, it's mm. more in the opposite direction. It requires effort. It requires response. But the work of yielding and surrendering and opening to the Spirit mm. of God is actually harder than trying to strive your way into anything. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we're, we're preaching on, through the Sermon on the Mount right now, sections of the Sermon on the Mount, and it is, once you start with the Beatitudes and you see uh, these teachings about being salt and light, being um, uh, this, that what we're preaching on this Sunday about um, anger, being, having anger towards somebody, being tantamount to murdering them— <laughs> I mean, you're. I mean, again, these are behaviors, but the at the the, the point is not the behavior. It is being like Christ. Be yep. perfect as your heavenly Father's perfect is how the Sermon on the Mount ends. And so, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I like. I think. I think it's a beautiful thing to to reflect the entirety of Christian witness when we're talking about holiness. And today, we can see the connection from the original intent of the Father and creation is that it is good and very good, which is about God and not about its own existence. Right. And so our holiness is a part of being redeemed to that initial conception of goodness. So this is what God intended, right? This this yeah. is this is what right. this is what God intended. We're gonna get into the fact that we the fall that that um that our image was marred, but that now we're able to do this through the redemption act of of Jesus. Right. Um, and so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this, this is possible now 
we're able to live out our purpose. We're able to glorify God now because of the redemption at redemptive act of Christ. Um, so I just want to make that being applied <laughs> to us through the active power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, right. So and to take it and take yes. it even one step further is you get to the book of Revelation, Revelation twenty one and twenty two, new heaven and new earth, new creation basically, and the imagery there. Um, there are no more tears. There's no more sickness. I love. In fact, it says there's no more sea. Right. This image of this chaotic waters. Um, right. That was present in Genesis. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's not there anymore. Mm. It's back to its intended order. Yeah. So yeah. So good. So good. Mm, hey, before good. we go, you know what I want to do? Uh, I want because I think we'll have time as this episode comes out. I would love to invite everybody to the Spirit and Truth Conference in yes. Dayton, Ohio, on March yes. 9th through 11th of 2023. It. Uh, we went last year. I don't know that we adequately processed for you and, mm. and, and shared with you because we were gobsmacked. We were. Um, I think we yeah. probably shared some stories along the way. Um, but it's going to be a Dayton, Ohio, Stillwater Church, March 9th through 11. You can register at spiritandtruth.life. You've got mm. Steve Siemens is going to be there, David Watson, Marion Hayes, Maddie Wofford, um, Kim Moss, uh, D- Davies Musigo, tons of people. But more importantly, we're just going to be together seeking mm-hmm. the Spirit of God and growing in truth, and mm-hmm. I want you to come. Yes, I want you too. to come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not an expensive conference, y'all. Uh, what is it? It's $169 for a yeah. standard rate, 99 if you're a high school, college, or seminary student. If you come with a group, you get $20 off registration. That is cheap. If you put in a podcast in the discount bar, you get like 20 bucks off, too. Are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to say that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Viacom said Absolutely. it's okay. Yes, yeah, they, did. yes <laughs> they did. Yes. Podcast. So I, I just want you to come visit spiritandtruth.life, register. Let us know on Twitter at Podakesis. Hey, I'm coming at Podakesis. Yes. I'll see you there. Um, yes. I want I want pictures with you. I want I want to high five you. And yes. if we I'd love to pray with you. Yes. Um, and I want you to tell me a joke. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yes. okay. you could so also if, you, if you've if you've worked it out, you could also sing Genesis one to us as well. So oh, yes. that's a good point. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not Sounds Genesis good. the band. I don't want any Phil Collins coming at me. <laughs> but if you sing Genesis one to the tune of a Genesis song, yes, that is even love better. it. Love it. Jesus, He loves me, and I know Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, that is a Genesis song. Anyway, all right. Moving on. Okay. Well, that's Phil Collins. That's just Phil Collins. Yeah. See, you don't. Anyway. All right. I think we're off the rails. So that means we are done. All right, Potacumans. Y'all have a great day. And until next time, God bless. What a great episode, y'all. We serve a great God, a great God who has created us and loves us and has not forgotten us or forsaken us. And that's just awesome. Uh, We will have all the links that have been mentioned in this episode pertaining to the John Wesley Institute, uh, the Faith Once Delivered, and anything else which we have mentioned um, um, on our show notes. So be sure to go and check out our show notes if you want to know of these wonderful resources that are for you. Uh, Hit us up on social media. At Podakesis is where you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. You can also check us out um, on podakesis.podbean.com and you can also email us questions at podakesis.com and as always leave us a voicemail 404-635-6679 leave us a five-star rating and a review on apple itunes that helps us 
greatly on Apple and gets the word out, helps get the word out for us. Tell your friends, tell your families about the Podakesis podcast. And until next time, we look forward to being with you again. Y'all have a great one, and God bless. 